You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly. As always, I'm here to host the show and bring you some NFL talk. And uh, I'm joined by my co-host once again, my partner in crime here on OTI, and that is Doug Moore. Um, Doug, how's things keeping with you? Uh, things are going well. Things It's it's a beautiful, uh, on my drive home, it's it's a beautiful 62 degrees out. Uh, little wind, no humidity, clear skies. Uh, but I have the EC on because I don't want the wind interfering with the podcast. So thanks, thanks guys, for that. No problem, Doug. And uh, Doug obviously said guys, uh, so there's somebody else on the line here. And just before we get into that, mm. Doug says it's uh, a lovely, lovely day there. Well, it's actually a really crappy day here in Ireland as I look out into the night sky. Uh, if I could see, there is a, an ocean, which is the Atlantic Ocean, right at my view out the window. And uh, it is not uh, quite pleasant today with a huge gusting winds and the one thing I still cannot really do is uh, translate from Fahrenheit to Celsius, so it's in around uh, two degrees Celsius here at the moment, and I'll just leave. Oh, there. oh, right. And you I can Google how to change it, uh, Doug. I have no idea what temperature. Well, I, I know how in. I know how it works. I think. Uh, nobody, so, so nobody it would cares. probably be about. So I think it's like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I, I want to try and figure this out. You work it so, out, and I'll introduce our uh, guest who's still on the line here. Fine, fine. <laughs> uh, I obviously am Colin Kelly. We're joined by another Kelly, and uh, this one is Matt Kelly of Roto Underworld. And uh, it's the first time Matt's been on the show, but I've been following his work for a long, long time. Uh, lots of great work, uh, including uh, playerprofiler.com and so many other things. Matt, uh, thanks for jumping aboard. Hey, guys. Overtime <laughs> Ireland. This yeah. is overtime because, what is it, 10 o'clock where you are? Yeah, 10 o'clock. And uh, thankfully, as the season went on, we started. Uh, Doug started recording a little bit earlier. He started dri- uh, recording on his drive home from work rather than wait until he got home. There was a couple of these shows Doug recorded uh, well after midnight as I uh, lost the will. Yeah, uh, yeah just... let, let's point the blame on the guy who has a job. I, I have a job, too, too, but I just have to go to no, it very no. tired the next day. <laughs> don't, 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 don't throw me into this. Don't, don't, I, I, I will admit, yes, we started out, you know, when we first started doing this a little bit uh, later than what we do now, <laughs> but it's a compromise. We, as the season got, we're like a, a fine wine as the season went on, as, as everything went on, we got better at it. We got better timing. So don't, 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 don't try and make me look bad. Yeah. So when I started the, the podcast and called it Overtime Ireland, it wasn't with the intention of recording at very late at night, but that's the way it has turned oh, out. So God. R- recording this one uh, Thursday, the 23rd of February at uh, 10 p.m. Our time, 5 p.m. Eastern. But uh, Matt, uh, as I mentioned, thanks for, thanks for jumping on. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for the weather reports, guys, yeah, as well. Exciting, appreciate man. that. That's yeah. what people listen to. Yeah, yeah. What, what about where you are? I don't know. There's some blue sky. I haven't been outside. I don't go outside are, are much. You in, are you in the basement? Are you in the dungeon? Yeah, I'm in a dungeon. I'm in a, a bunker, a lair, <laughs> where I just work on computer code well, you're and stats. And well, I don't know. I have a feed to the, to the Twitter sphere, and that's how I communicate with the world. I don't actually go outside and interact. Just drink. You don't eat. You just drink like blended up uh, food. Keep oh going. yeah. yeah oh yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I barely eat. I just want. <laughs> I just eat proteins and carbohydrates. It doesn't matter if there's any flavor whatsoever. Just I just need a baseline level of nourishment, just so I can continue to type and look at player stats and troll people on Twitter. As long as I can continue to get that level of sustenance, keep player profile up and running. That's all I need. 
That sounds like the life. We should eat some <laughs> astronaut food. Yeah. No, it's a great life. Yeah, trust me. Woo! So great. <laughs> So great. But obviously, uh, people haven't tuned in to listen to weather reports, and I think that's the longest ever we've talked about weather on the show, so I apologize for that. But uh, as I start off, I always <laughs> like to give a, a, week, a little quick plug to the iTunes link, Stitcher Tune, and all the ways you can listen to the podcast. Of course, uh, OvertimeIreland.com, you can stream it up there as well. So do make sure you subscribe uh, and do come back and listen to us. Uh, during the off-season, it'll be a more sparsely uh, spread-out schedule, probably every two weeks, uh, and hopefully... Uh, as you know the draft approaches we'll do it uh, every week at that point and then probably spread out again so uh, looking forward to doing lots of off-season talk as we talk dynasty and so on and so forth uh, like today we will be discussing some dynasty some player adps and what to kind of look for as these free agents uh, hit the market and who might move and who will stay uh, with the team they're currently on and so on and so forth but looking forward uh, to, to discussing all that but I want to tell the listeners about a special offer we've got going on here. I mentioned on our last show as well, our code that we had run North NFL Shop Europe is up and running again. It is OTI10 at checkout to save 10% off all merchandise on their store. Ranging from jerseys to hoodies, uh, hats, caps, scarves, whatever you want to get from your favorite team, go on there. That is europe.nflshop.com. Click on what you wish to purchase and uh, then when you get to checkout there is a promotional code option there. Type in OTI10 and you'll save 10% off that entire order on their website. That is europe.nflshop.com. Code OTI10. We're going to start off um, and I'm going to get Matt to answer it first. Obviously, first thing in the off-season if you have a dynasty league, I think pretty much anyone that only plays redraft might have uh, already switched off at this point but if you do play in dynasty leagues and uh, you're looking to try and build your team for this upcoming season if it's to win a championship or maybe you're thinking of a lot of older players this team really sucks at the moment I'm going to have to rebuild need to get draft picks and so on get younger players is that the first thing you do uh, as you hit the off season I often have it already done you know halfway through the season you should have an idea already of what you're doing but really at this point you have to kind of start to think are you rebuilding or are you uh, contenting for, we'll look now, 2017? I don't really rebuild. I don't believe in rebuilding. I don't believe in tanking at all. So I'm always trying to win every year. There is a known strategy out there that you would tank in the first year, try to get the first pick, draft Ezekiel Elliott or draft Dalvin Cook this year, and then try to win a year or two down the road. The problem is a lot of dynasty leagues actually shudder. They fail. They disband. So that's a problem. So the guy that didn't win in the first couple of years just basically was donating money to his league mates. The <laughs> league folds. And that brilliant strategy that he crafted two years ago netted exactly nothing. So there's also the problem with you load up on all these picks and young players. They're not guaranteed to ever produce. Meanwhile, if you had just drafted Antonio Brown... I think he's going to produce out to age 35 QB uh, WR1 numbers. I think if anyone is a threat to some of Jerry Rice's records, it's Antonio Brown. That's the type of player you should be targeting so you can win now and win in the future. You don't have to make this false choice. I, I agree with you too. I, I do go that way, and I, I've never gone in and punted a draft looking for uh, the following years. You know, trying to build up. I try and go, you know, a blend of. Uh, I always say I go for a blend of kind of experienced veterans and then younger players. And I, I think a lot of people get too caught up in dynasty and getting that young player. You know, that I call it the, the shiny new toy, getting that kind of high pick in the draft and seeing what happens. If we look at what happened over the last, you know. 
two seasons um, even last year or two years ago we had Perryman we had uh, Kevin White and nothing has come of them as of yet in the NFL and then last year we had Doxon and Treadwell who really haven't played too many snaps in the NFL so you can have all the uh, confidence in the world and sometimes you do hit that Zeke Elliott jackpot but uh, quite often more than not uh, it does fall by the wayside and uh, you're left with nothing and as you mentioned you know it's a different case for people maybe like us that play in a lot of league or leagues um, that there's people throughout the, the fantasy industry playing in and you can you know kind of have confidence that league will be around for 5, 10, 15 years but when you're playing right. in leagues with you know maybe you're just uh, starting to play dynasty and you're looking for a league and you join it via twitter you don't know anyone in the league and sometimes they can just uh, fold very very quickly so you do need to have a good core uh, group for your dynasty leagues to to have that confidence if you're building for the future um I'm going to go for the next one. I'm going to get Matt, Matt to go once again, then I'll get Doug's opinion. Uh, some players that you're kind of targeting this offseason, maybe uh, you're you're higher than the consensus uh, than some other people maybe on Twitter. and that kind of that, I think Twitter's a great way to, to gauge values off players as well as ADP. I think Twitter's a real kind of place where you can get a good feel for those values. Any players, Matt, that you're particularly high on as we uh, enter the offseason process? Yeah, Twitter has the polls. There's a lot of Twitter polls, dynasty trade polls, uh, player X or player Y or player X and picks. Also, Dynasty League Football has rankings across experts, and that's a good way to gauge the marketplace, how the market views the value of particular players. And I recently did a study of my dynasty rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings is where you see my dynasty rankings compared mine to the DLF consensus. So the Dynasty League football experts were much lower on two particular wide receivers than I was. So the the greatest disparity was at the wide receiver position with two wide receivers that I don't understand because I asked if their rankings had been updated, and they had been updated. So apparently I just disagree with them wildly on two players. The first one's Kenny Britt because I think Kenny Britt has a WR1 skill set he checks all the boxes of that prototypical stud x receiver at the nfl level the size the speed the burst 102.2 height adjusted speed score on playerprofiler.com the 74th percentile and his burst is well above average as well so when he's out there he's one of the best athletes on the football field and he's been betrayed by the teams he's been on jared goff with his quarterback oh i'm sorry not Jared Goff, a year before, <laughs> it was Case Keenum. Yeah. And then who was it before that? He's been completely betrayed by his supporting cast Mick ever Foles. since he came yeah. to the NFL. And this is the time. He's still only 28 years old. Can you believe it? If I told you that Kenny Britt was 28 years old, no one would believe that. It's the most unbelievable age of any player <laughs> in the NFL. Everyone thinks Kenny Britt is a 31-year-old. He's not. He's quite young when he entered the league, and he's been healthy for consecutive years now. He had some knee injuries early in his career, but he's been a stalwart number one wide receiver for the most anemic offense in the NFL. Now he has the opportunity. Right now, we can trade for him as he has the opportunity to go out and land on a prolific offense. He could land in Green Bay. He could land in Seattle. He could go from Jared Goff to... Russell Wilson, like that could happen. That would be a boon for his. It can't get any worse. How could it get worse? He guessed he could resign with the Rams, and then he would just be at the same level he's at. But there's such a potential for him to 
vastly exceed his previous career highs by just going to a team that passes a lot with a quarterback who's not the worst in the league. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about Kenny Britt because you can have him so inexpensively, and at 28 years old, he's got three more productive years left. Key, key for Kenny Britt uh, is he has to get out of uh, has to get out of the Rams. Um, I'm going to let Doug hit one now, and uh, I'm also quite high on Kenny Britton. We might talk about him if we get to some of the trades I done this week uh, later on in the show. But Doug, anyone uh, either that you're higher or lower on than you think uh, consensus or ADP has players at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, when Matt gets loud, he, he only compels me more to, to want to listen. Um, <laughs> so that that's my that's the key selling point is how loud someone gets. So uh, now I now Doug's I'm going to get sacrifice. Loud. I'm going to I had to sacrifice my firstborn for 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 Kenny Britt. Um, but <laughs> so it's it's funny. I'm going to I'm going to give a guy that I'm lower on than most people. And it's funny because going throughout the season talking about this particular team in this particular situation, you would think I'd be so much higher on him than I am. Um, but a lot of people have been trying to pawn off Rob Kelly on me. Yeah. And I don't like it. Um, here's a couple reasons why. Uh, one, Rob Kelly much better than that guy named Matt Jones who anybody who knows me I don't like Matt Jones and now the whole world doesn't like Matt Jones which I'm glad yeah. um, but you know here's the thing um, one of the things that I look at is um, the, the team had not been so uh, not really been uh, the best equipped for a running offense um, you know they had a, they, they've had a, a difficult running back situation for a lot of years now um, besides when Alfred Morris had that one good year, I think, um, or two good years, whatever it is, but nothing like what we saw when they had like Clinton Portis there or whatever the case may be. Um, but people are trying to pawn off, uh, Rob Kelly on me, fat Rob, as they call, him. um, I don't like it because what are they offering you? What are they offering? I yeah. Think someone want, so, so someone, uh, someone in one of my leagues wanted a late first for him. Well that's, well, that's crazy. This is my big money dynasty league. Uh, I won't reveal who it is. I won't say what league it is. But um, if they're listening, they know. And, and, and it's a high. Another one wanted. A, I think it was a like a, a two point four uh, draft pick this year. Um, not as bad, but still. Um, no, but here's the thing. Sean McVay was the, was an off, the offensive coordinator before he went to the aforementioned Rams this offseason. Um, and I think he was more of a pass-first type of guy uh, from what we had seen in his play calling. Now it seems like the Redskins are going to go back to more of a, a balanced offense under, I think Jake Gruden already announced that he's probably going to be the offensive coordinator as well as head coach. Or they haven't hired one, I don't think. Um, and I think it's going to be a more run-balanced offense. The problem is I don't think Rob Kelly's that good. I think he's okay. I don't think he's that good. He's a much better than Matt Jones, but I'm not saying he's he's good. Um, between the fact that there are some options in the in the uh, in free agency and the fact that there's a loaded class at running back, I can't see how they don't bring in competition for him. And people are trying to play him off as you know again maybe what Matt Jones was last year. People are trying to play him off as the default de facto starter. Um, but, you know, there, there are some people that are still high on him compared to what Matt Jones did. I'm not buying it. Maybe this is a weaker choice because there's probably better ones out there. 
to, to list that I'm lower on, but I just don't like Rob Kelly. I certainly don't like Matt Jones. But Rob Kelly, people are trying to pawn off as some sort of guy who's going to get 15 to 20 touches next year. I don't see it. They're going to bring in competition. They're going to yeah. be more run-centric. And I just don't think that Kelly's going to have much of a role besides, if anything, a, a, you know, in a committee as an as a early down thumper. So yeah. that's just my take on, on, on who someone I'd be lower with. And then based off of the, the trade offers I'm getting from I feel I feel that he's somebody who falls into that category of people are trying to offload now, uh, and if they're smart, they should be offloading them because of the case of you mentioned. I think there'll be competition coming in through the draft, and I think there's a possibility too that maybe Chris Thompson gets uh, another opportunity at the third down work, uh, and then PPR leagues maybe somebody to watch uh, a little bit later. And I, I just wasn't a fan of his even when things were going good, and uh, I'll just be passing there. So I can I pretty much agree with everything you said. I'm going to hit one that I liked that uh, I don't even know if people are low on him. I just think. You know, people aren't talking about him enough. It's Rashad Matthews uh, down in Tennessee. And, you know, he's going at the moment at the start of the eighth round in drafts, 88th pick overall in 12-team leagues and PPR. And I just think that he's an interesting player to keep an eye on. Somebody similar to when you talked about uh, Kenny Brett. He's somebody who is flying under the radar maybe, and there's not as much talk about him. But if you just look at even last year, obviously he was with Miami two seasons ago and two nice years there. And then he went as a free agent. He had 65 receptions last year for almost 1,000 yards. And... 14 and a half uh, yards per reception with nine touchdowns so I think you know if you get that even at the eighth round you're still breaking even if he has a little bit of an upgrade the nine touchdowns mightn't be uh, sustainable but I think that he might get more targets uh, as they try and progress this offense with Marcus Mariota as the quarterback so I think he's somebody that's uh, interesting to watch this year at that value uh, is he somebody that you have eyes for Matt or is he somebody that maybe pr- player profiler doesn't uh, like too much I love that choice. Player profiler loves Richard Matthews. We have a metric called production premium, which looks at every given down and distance and sees that player's production, in this case the wide receiver, on a per-target basis on any given down and distance in any, in any given game situation. How's that wide receiver perform against league average? So Richard Matthews, so it basically factors out you know, field position. It factors out garbage time. So Rashard Matthews was top five in production premium in 2015 and then top 10 in 2016. It's very rare for a wide receiver to finish top 10 in that particular metric two straight seasons with two different quarterbacks. So the arrow is pointing up for Rashard Matthews. He's the under-the-radar guy that people don't believe is a flashy, exciting guy with a WR1 ceiling. And that's fine. It's fine if he doesn't have a WR1 ceiling, particularly if the Titans draft like a Corey Davis or they sign an Alshon Jeffrey. Either way, he's still the starting flanker. There's still a good chance Rashard Matthews leads the Titans in targets and Marcus Mariota is the truth. Yeah. He is only getting better every year. It turns out he's the best young quarterback we've seen since Russell Wilson. And so you have that as his number one wide receiver. Yeah, that's an incredible value. That I think that's that would that would have been my pick if I couldn't select Kenny Britt. <laughs> Going back to what Doug said earlier, I think what Doug is saying it doesn't just apply to Rob Kelly. I think that what he's saying actually is something that's much more general, which is if you have an underwhelming running back talent, and by underwhelming I mean mediocre measurables across the board, wasn't a dominant college player, not an exceptionally explosive athletic athlete, 
take a player like a Thomas Rawls, Bilal Powell, James White, Latavius Murray, Jeremy Hill. You go down this list, all the way down to players that are young, like Paul Perkins, players that have never shown themselves to be true stud position, true stud players at the position, even going back to the college level, all of those players are at risk this offseason because we have more than 10 extremely talented running backs about to enter the league from the college ranks. And you have players like Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, and some restricted free agents like Isaiah Crowell that may somehow change teams or hit the marketplace one way or the other. It's going to be a, a, a big musical chairs phenomenon that happens at the running back position this offseason. And there's going to be a bunch of guys that aren't that good that are left without a chair to sit in, without a role in their offense two months from now. So you should not be buying any of those guys that aren't locked into roles that you believe are safe. That's very good advice. And actually with MFL 10 starting up this past week, uh, I know my fantasy league had uh, problems with getting everything set up. But uh, now that they are up and running, they've actually started a few. And although that might be a bit uh, degenerate of me, uh, I have to say, looking at some of the ADPs that some players are going at already, it, uh, it is going to be interesting to see when the draft clicks up. And you mentioned uh, a couple of names there, and I'm very down on them all, except for one, and that was Belial Powell. He's somebody who, this time last year, I was buying him. He was going last year around the, you know, kind of between the 15th and 20th round, depending on when you're drafting. But I, I looked up today, and he was one of the players I'd down for that I would be lower on this year based on where his ADP is now. And he's going in the fifth round, 50th overall at the moment in ADP. And if you look at where he was last last year and I bought him in a lot of dynasty leagues and there's I think he's a good value to have at what I bought him at but I wouldn't be purchasing now at that there price that he has gone up so it's, it's gonna be interesting to see because if the draft falls in a certain way he could uh, be plummeting back down draft boards uh, you know in two or three months time so we'll see what happens with all that yeah, last year was the last year was the time to get Powell yeah. it's not this year but I'm also holding Powell when I own him because if he's yeah. a PPR back yep. he's gonna have a job he's gonna have a role he might be closer to a Chris Thompson next year but he's still going to be a valuable asset he's not going to have his value completely obliterated like some of these players like a Jeremy Hill or a Thomas Rawls or a CJ Anderson that could happen there's a lot of talented running backs that are about to enter the league watch out and some of some like Spencer Ware is another one there's a lot of people that are that are locking in Spencer Ware into their RB2 slot and the draft could completely sideswipe them. It's it's actually really funny because you know, that's another name you mentioned, Spencer. Where I, I if, if uh, you know last year I done a good job as to where I bought players and their values have increased so much significantly, but my teams actually didn't really perform all that well. But the values continued to increase with guys like Marcus Mariota, who you mentioned already, and uh, there's a there's a good few other names in there that I, I kind of purchased last season at the start of it when they weren't really worth much and they've uh, kind of skyrocketed. So my my value of players has gone up, but uh, then they, their ADP now at the moment is probably where I wouldn't be valuing them and you mentioned there Jeremy Hill and I'm going to do a few players here now to, to buy them sell them or cut them and the first one up is Giovanni Bernard his teammate uh, Jeremy Hill and then the last one is Duke Johnson uh, you, is there any of those you could be buying selling or cutting uh, right now I'm buying the PPR backs that you mentioned first and foremost Jeremy. Duke Johnson so Duke Johnson is essentially my Kenny Britt at the running back position I'm 
wildly more bullish on Duke Johnson than the DLF consensus, for example. And I've been acquiring him at a fairly inexpensive price throughout this offseason already. And I believe I'm going to be acquiring some more Duke Johnson because a lot of things can break right for him in 2017. There aren't that many things that can break wrong for him. So if they let Isaiah Crowell sign somewhere else and they choose not to match through restricted free agency, that's a boon. But whether they have Isaiah, but if they keep Isaiah Crowell, they're not going to draft a running back with high round draft capital. So Duke Johnson's situation is fairly insulated, and I think that he has an every down skill set. I think if he were to give given the opportunity, a high opportunity share, sixty percent opportunity share, for example. I think that he's closer to LaShawn McCoy than he is Giovanni Bernard. I think that he could handle a full workload as he did at Miami. But I'm also buying Giovanni Bernard because of the uncertainty around the ACL tear. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a high floor reception magnet when healthy. So now's the time to acquire him. He's still young. He's still 24 years old. You can get a quality asset at an inexpensive price. I'm talking, when I say inexpensive, I mean these guys are throw-ins in deals. People are just adding these guys at the end of deals to get deals done, and that's the best way to get you. You make a trade a bit bigger than you think you might have. Maybe the trade starts off as a two-for-one, and it becomes a a three-for-four, and you get them to throw in a Giovanni Bernard or, or Duke Johnson to get a deal done. That's the sneaky way to do it. Yeah, give that little comment that, you know, maybe Jamal Charles' ACL didn't uh, heal quite as correctly last offseason, put a bit of fear into their minds sometimes to, to try and add that a little bit into it. But I, I agree with everything you said. The thing with Duke Johnson is since he's come into the NFL, and I know Crowell has been there, he hasn't really got an opportunity to carry the ball too many times uh, between the tackles. It has been a lot of uh, catch, you know, out-of-the-backfield catches. Uh, but I think if you're in PPR leagues in particular, you are well insulated there with him and the chance for it to move up. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, somebody I'm a huge fan of. I find, though, that he kind of has that RB2 floor, but he also has an RB and high upside RB2 ceiling that doesn't you know he doesn't get those short yardage carries a lot of the time with Hill there but I think uh, this season could be the year where he really pushes Hill to the background if he can stay healthy Doug you're up next. I would love that yeah I oh would love God. that too I would love if Jeremy Hill just disappeared but that was another thing a different story uh, uh, for the Patriots <laughs> next Doug with you their three running backs obviously we've seen uh, the real MVP of the Super Bowl James White have a, a big game there Legarrette Blunt has had a, a big season with a lot a lot of touchdowns and then uh, Dion Lewis, who going into last year before the knee injury, people were so so high on giving up, you know, first round picks and so on for him to try and get him into their squads. Out of those, uh, who are you highest on, buy, sell, or cut? Um. So the the guy I'm definitely highest on selling is going to be James White, and here's why I'll mention James White as my sell, my sell guy. Uh, be, well, it just sell in general. Obviously, he's coming off a terrific, and this is he had a good season too. Don't perspective. No, 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 no. He did, he did. But in perspective, let, let's think about it. When people do really well at the end of the season versus uh, doing well at the beginning and doing bad at the end, and vice versa, what are people going to remember more? The players that do well at the end of the season, yeah. because that's the last memories they have them. So you look at what James White did in the Super Bowl. I'm not knocking at all. I thought he should have been MVP. Yes. He had a terrific performance. Yes. But but the problem is is that his role it's it, it was minimal, really. He had games where he did really well, but he had no consistency. And again, consistency is overrated. I get it. But the problem is is that Deion Lewis is back. Uh, he's healthy, 
or he's going to be healthy going in next season. He's going to have a role. Um, again, I, I don't know how much of a role, but I imagine it'll be bigger. Uh, it'll be more defined than James White's role. And people are going to remember, oh, look what he did in the Super Bowl. Clearly, he must have showed well. They're going to they're going to give him more touches next season. We can't guarantee that. Ain't we can't wrong. guarantee him. Uh, <laughs> um, but, With uh, side effects. Know, we, we, <laughs> we, we can't guarantee something like that. Um, so I would say, you know, with people still reeling over the Super Bowl, still try and sell James White. I think he's the guy that, uh, you know, he he's a um, – oh, God, I can't, remember, I can't remember the expression, but he's not going to do, I don't think, nearly, without injuries at least, what he did, uh, say, in the Super Bowl or even the playoffs in general. Um, LeGarrette Blunt, he's, he's a free agent. He's uh, going to be – I think he's 30 years old now. And granted, that's around the time that 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 running backs sort of uh, either plateau or start to drop off. Really. We thought he was going to drop off that. about five years ago. Well, we did. That's that's <laughs> fair. And 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 I think when you look at it, um, Legarrette a big contributor this season, saved probably was a bargain for a lot of teams considering yeah. he scored eighteen rushing touchdowns. But that's like with Kenny Britt's nine touchdowns, or I'm sorry, not Kenny Britt, but Rashard Matthews, nine touchdowns this past season. That's not something that we can expect again. And there's a couple of reasons behind that. One, if you look at, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but LeGarrette Blunt led, I think he was top five in the NFL in carries this past season, which I think part of it has contributed to the fact that one, he was used heavily on early in the season when Tom Brady wasn't around. And two, Deion Lewis wasn't around as well to cut into his role because James White doesn't doesn't really run the ball that much. We didn't see that much of him uh, running the ball. He didn't score a rushing touchdown until the Super Bowl, I believe. Um, <laughs> I love that. I um, love that. But um, you know, you you uh, you know, I, I think that his 18 touchdowns is a is a fluke. Yeah. He got a lot of touches inside the 10, inside the five, and that's even great. We're also not even sure if he's going to be back next year. I have a feeling he will be um, just because I think he'll sign a cheap deal like he did this past offseason. I think their teams are, are, are looking beyond his 18 touchdowns, looking at his age and what he can do. He doesn't do much on third downs. I think he was it caught maybe like two balls, and I think it was actually like a, really a big event when he actually made a, a reception. So I don't think he has I, I don't think he has much of a role um, besides early downs. He was used a lot in the red zone. Um, and I, I, have a, I have a feeling that the team is going to bring in some running back talent, um, probably late talent in the draft. I don't expect them to come after I, all these people predicting a Christian McCaffrey to go to them in the first round or, or whatever the case is. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Would be nice though. Bill Belichick is not Ryan Grigson. He's not going to go and draft a, a, a player at a position that he doesn't necessarily need in the first round. So I, I just I don't necessarily think. That Legarrette Blunt is gonna is is worth, you know, what he got the what he provided this season. Deion Lewis, it's it's tough, it's tough. I would probably say keep him where he's at. I, I wouldn't say yeah. cut him, um, or anything like that. You know, he he's signed under next season. He finished the season pretty well. Again, he had some games where he didn't have as many touches as he did in others, but he's probably the one consistent guy you can hope for. Uh, because he gets touches on early downs, he gets work in, in the receiving game, um, and I think you know he, he's going to be healthy. Hopefully, I mean he didn't tear his ACL, uh, he didn't tear something in the Super Bowl or whatever it is. He'll go into next season healthy. He'll have a chance to 
get on the ground and go running. You know, it, it's not like last season where he had two surgeries on his knee and then when he got in there, he had to be limited for a few weeks to get back into game mode yep. and then was finally unleashed. So he's probably the one guy I would say is is the most consistent or the guy that probably will will exceed what he did this past season. And again, that's easy to say because he didn't play much um, because he was recovering. But he's probably the one guy I would bank on yeah. being a, a player with, with fantasy relevance next year. Mm-hmm. Unlike Blunt or... Well, Blunt will have fantasy relevance wherever he goes, but not nearly as much as uh, when compared to what he did this year. And then White, he's a PPR guy of that. I think... Uh, did anyone... Oh, oh, hold on. Did anyone's fantasy stock be, was it more damaged by the NFL playoffs than Deion Lewis? I, I feel like so. Deion Lewis went into the NFL playoffs filled with hope, filled with fantasy value, especially in Dynasty. People looking forward to the next year, yeah. hoping he had a great playoff run. And then the way he face-planted in the playoffs, and then in the Super Bowl, pretty much being on tilt, just spinning around. I've never seen a guy execute so many spin moves, didn't go anywhere. And that, I think... The playoffs crushed his dynasty value more than any other offensive skill position player. I, I, and, and that's I do the agree. thing. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what I'm pointing to. It, he had the reverse James White effect. James White had this terrific game in the play in the Super Bowl. People are going to remember that. That's the last lasting image in their head of him from that season. Deion Lewis, like you said, didn't do that hot. So that's what people are going to remember, and it's going to damage his value. So, one, that's part of the reason why you don't trade him, because people are like, well, look what happened. He didn't have much of a role in the Super Bowl. And then the other thing is, look at, you know, they're going to add running back talent, blah, 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 whatever the case is. That sounds so, exactly like me. <laughs> so, you know, that's the thing. So it's all perception, and that's probably why the one guy I would, I would keep a hold on, the guy who's probably going to have some sort of a consistent role is going to be Deion Lewis next year. I figured out who the Patriots want, by the way. The running back the Patriots are targeting as soon as free agency starts. His name, of course, is Rex Burkhead. Uh, well, oh, I was going to say that. That's going to be yeah, hold on, but hold, hold on, hold on. That's a great point. Um, and I wanted to mention him when we talked about Gio Bernard because I think he sort of filled that Gio Bernard role when he was when Bernard tore his ACL. It's funny. The Patriots go after these unknown names, but if I'm not mistaken, and granted, this doesn't really change anything, is is Rex Burkhead a restricted free agent? Yep. I don't know, but the Patriots have no, no he's problem a, he can go. bidding on yeah, restricted but I've free also, agents. I've they also did seen with them Emmanuel talk Sanders about Mike last Gillespie. season. You look at it, I think, I'm not sure where it was, but Mike Gillespie is another name, too. They're going to look at these underrated guys. I, lo- <laughs> I wanted them to sign Blau Powell last year. I wanted them to. I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. go out and get this guy. And they didn't. But that's the type of guy they're going to go after. Somebody that's, you know, he's not that first-tier free agent. He's another guy that they're going to go in, they're going to take it. And Deion Lewis is another great example of that. Even more so because nobody even thought of him. So they're going to go after guys like that who have shown talent on, on first, second, and third down. Not saying they're, they're a bell cow or anything like that. But they're, they're going to go after a guy who's shown talent on, on all three downs if possible. Again, like a, uh, you know, a Mike Gillespie or a... Uh, Rex Burkhead and Bilal Powell, and, and and that's a great name. I would I would throw him out there. Plus, he's white, so we can't. He's white. He him. does have a great name, Rex Burkhead. That sounds nothing, like a football nothing, player. Almost, nothing, almost beat, woodhead. Hold on, hold on. Nothing, nothing beats Jake Stoneburner. I had this argument with people weeks ago. <laughs> nothing beats Jake Stoneburner. The uh, 
obviously Doug as well. I love to hit Doug's pronunciations. We had the Jaji, and now we have I don't Gillis. It's Gillisley Doug. Uh, he plays for the Buffalo Bills. What I say? I don't know how to say it. Gillisley. I don't know what. I said Gillisley. No, you didn't. But anyway, <laughs> moving on to the next, we're going to do a bit of rapid fire here as we move through the last couple mm. of things. I'm going to head out uh, a couple of names at uh, three different positions, and then I'm going to get you to pick one out, Matt. And uh, you can only pick one as to who you'd rather and uh, their outcome throughout this free agency. We have Eddie Lacy, Jamal Charles, if he is released, Jaquiz Rogers, and Richard Jennings. And they are that is in the order that I would pick them to prefer, but pick one of those that uh, you'd like to see and where they would go in free agency. Oh, Jamal Charles. I'd love to see Jamal Charles go to, ooh, how about the New Orleans Saints? Yes. Jamal Charles, huh? Woo, baby, it's on. RB1, Jamal Charles is back. Time machine. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'd like Jamal Charles. One more year, get another squeeze. I'd love to see him go out with another big year. Squeeze at the... Is that it, what it is? What's not uh, the left? Yeah, we'll, we'll go squeeze with it. at the what? What is it? Uh, oh, uh, the is it, it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Oh, I guess that's not it. Anyway, it's, yeah, that's we'll, a different. We'll I, that I'm using cliches here, but I'm all about that Jamal Charles life, baby. And uh, don't get Doug started on cliches. We know how that goes as well. Uh, next up is wide receivers. Uh, Kenny Britt's in this list. We're going to skip him out of it because we know the answer to this. If I include Kenny Britt, we have Alshon Jeffrey. Oh. Who, uh, Pierre Garçon, Robert Woods, are for some reason dog added Vincent Jackson, who uh, amazingly still plays American football. Is, is this my choice? No, this is Matt's choice again. Oh, it's my choice. Oh. I thought it was Doug's turn. I sneaky like Robert Woods to go to either Carolina or Tampa Bay, where they desperately need a slot receiver. He'd get a big nice upgrade in, in volume. Yeah. And his sophomore year at USC, I still can't forget it. Double-digit touchdowns, well over a thousand yards as a true sophomore. So he's shown some precociousness, and he was just trapped in Buffalo, the run-first offense behind Sammy Watkins. Be nice to see him in a proper slot flanker role for a team that needs him. He'd be an upgrade over Adam Humphreys. He'd be an upgrade over Corey Brown in Carolina. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I'm going to let Doug hit this last one and. Somebody I thought was probably going to sign on with a, a nice deal in New England, but now it sounds more and more likely that he's going to hit the free agent market with the way the tight end situation is, and it's Martellus Bennett. The other one Doug had listed in here was Jack Doyle, obviously with the Colts last year. Um, obviously, I think you're going to probably hit on Martellus Bennett, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what his you know opportunities are this off season. Also, he's not in this list, um, and I meant to take him up when we were talking about Kenny Britt. Uh, that is, Jared Cook has shown what an opportunity away from... Uh, you know, Jeff Fisher and the LA Rams can can do for you. So, uh, Martellus Bennett, right. Bennett, Doug, uh, and Jack Doyle, I think you're probably going to hit Bennett on this one. Um, no. Curveball. No, <laughs> I'm not going to hit Martellus Bennett on this one. Um, oh, boy. Um, I'm going to actually go with Jared Cook. And oh boy, where do the I want to send Bay Packers? Him? No, no, <laughs> leave him no. in Green Bay. No, 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 no. He he doesn't. He's better than that. Um, but they just don't use him. And the playoffs um, they used. I mean, the most uh, playoff. Oh, in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, 
Um, oh, they don't I mean, the playoffs did happen, Doug. The playoffs? I mean, they were on I television. I, hold on. I understand that happened. But you also have to count for a few things. One, they got Joey Nelson, who played like he never hurt himself. Two, I still think Randall Cobb is slated for a comeback. Three, they have Devontae Adams. Uh, so that's three guys yeah. that are going to so expect to get the ball. So where's he going, Doug? Tell us where he's going. Oh, okay. Uh, Jared <laughs> Cook. Um, oh, man. There's so many choices. Oh, oh, you know what? Put him in. Put him with the Giants. Oh, that yeah. Could, put him with work, the Giants. Yeah, put him work. with the I'll Giants. Give that one. I'll give Here, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so put, hear me out. All right. So, Jared Cook. He, I think he's been underrated until he, I think until he got to Green Bay, actually. You didn't get to really see his athletic ability because he's like the Kenny Britton. I think they were teammates at one point. Yeah, he's like the Kenny Britton tight ends uh, because he wasn't, he, he didn't really have until he got to Green Bay, I think really a good quarterback situation. And Matt, I'm sure will tell me if I'm wrong. You're not um, wrong. Well, I mean, I'm never wrong, but still, I wanted to give it, sh- I wanted to give him a oh, shot. Jared Cook has followed Kenny Britt throughout their career. They were both he, in Tennessee. Then they were both in St. Louis. Then they were both in L.A. No, no, Jerry Cook never made it to L.A. No, he was in yeah, some so, yeah. so, so, I mean, look at, look at, uh, you know, look at what the, the, the Giants are dealing with right now. They have, you know, obviously one of the best wide receivers on the outside in Odell Beckham. They have a terrific slot guy, I think, in Stone Shepard. Uh, but besides that, what the, what the hell do they have? Roger Lewis. Um, what? 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 <laughs> they, they have Larry Dunn. I, 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 Will Ty? Yeah. No, I don't think they have Larry Donnell. Oh no, they have Jarrell Adams. No, yeah, they Jarrell Adams, who I actually like. Um, but here's the thing: so look what they've done with tight ends, random tight ends over the uh, over the past couple of years. Larry Donnell once had three touchdowns in the game. I think he was, I think he was the next coming of of, of Jeff Janis at one point. Um, <laughs> and um, I just think that they're going to need guys who can catch the ball because they also have nobody at running back besides Paul Perkins. And I like Paul Perkins, but I'm not sure he's ready to take on a three down role or at least a, a full-time three down role. They, they need guys who can catch the ball, who can stretch the field. And, and besides Odell Beckham and, and Shepard to an extent, I think that's where cook comes in. I think he is an athletic. He's one of the better receiving tight ends in the game. I think um, just based off of what he can do, uh, route running and also just his athletic ability. Um, so I, I think he'd be really well. I, I think they're going to draft a tight end, whether it's the first, second, or whatever round is. I think they could go after a guy like Jake Butt, who may need a red shirt year. That's just my take and bring on Cook as like a like a, a bridge sort of tight end guy. Um, and I think he could excel really well next year in an offense that throws the ball a lot, like New York, that just is struggling to have consistent playmakers besides maybe one or two guys. So that, that, that's my dream scenario, is yeah. Jared Cook to the Giants. I think, uh, I'm going to give you yeah. a under-the-radar Jared Cook Yeah. in the same situation, similar situation, same conference. Niles Paul. Yes. Here's he, why he, I like He would have been starting ahead of Jordan Reed, too, if he hadn't got injured two years ago. Well, that's right. He won the job in training camp and then suffered a gruesome injury, and Jordan Reed reestablished himself as the starting tight end. The fact that Jordan Reed was usurped in training camp two years ago was the underreported story in all of fantasy. Now, Jordan Reed's career may be over. I wouldn't surprise me if he never plays another down for the rest of his life based on the concussion history that he's had 
So I'm not sure if Jordan Reed's going to make it out of training camp. And because of that, you have an up-tempo, pass-first offense in Washington. Niles Paul is essentially a more sure-handed version of Jared Cook, the ultimate move tight end, super athletic, converted wide receiver at Nebraska. And he's bulked up in the years since he came from Nebraska. And now I think he's ready. If Jordan Reed can't go, he's ready to assume the mantle of the number one tight end on Washington. And that is going to come with a significant target share, given the fact that they're going to lose a lot of targets this offseason. That's a very interesting one. Somebody that actually hadn't been in my mind for a long, long time. So I must uh, dig up some more info on him as we move forward uh, this offseason because with those concussions it is a real concern for the, the long-term health of Jordan Reed. Um, I just want to pat myself on the back for a, a trade I did this week. I just want to kind of point out uh, as to how much uh, the picks and the hype around this rookie class. Obviously there was a lot of talk last year, stock up on uh, rookie picks for this year, 2017, and uh, then obviously use them in the draft. I like to stock up on picks, but then a lot of the times what I do is as the draft gets closer, I trade them away. And I know that the picks are always worth more while you're on the clock. But this situation came up this past week where I was offered Alshon Jeffrey for a 1.03 pick in one of my leagues. And at that time, I was I was willing to accept, accept that there, but uh, it moved on and I kind of played hardball, see what I could get. And uh, I got a throw-in. You were talking about throw-ins earlier. I got a throw-in of your guy, uh, Kenny Britt. What? The, the 1.03 for uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Kenny Britt this week was one that what? I managed to get it through. Oh, my God. People, people have lost yeah. their minds. People have lost their minds. That's what I'm talking about. But That's I, how you play Dynasty League football, people. I, I'm pretty sure, though, any pick from the... You know, probably even the 1.05 at the moment will get you somebody like Alshon Jeffrey with the way things have gone. Uh, you know, with his suspension last year, with his injury history, people have just fallen off, just fallen off and have just lost their minds regarding him. Certain players too, like Sammy Watkins, even though he is younger, his injury history, people are just enamored with this class. So if you have first round picks anywhere kind of from the 1.8 upwards, I would try testing the water to see what you can get with them. I know we all want to have that, as I call it, the shiny new toy, but... Uh, I, I love getting those guys 27, 28 to have, as you mentioned earlier with Brett, you know, three, four years more production. And uh, that's the way I like to go. So uh, I'm very happy to get that through. I was going to do it with just Jeffrey and uh, the person I'm doing it might be listening to the podcast. Sorry, but uh, I, I managed to, to push it through, get Kenny Britton. Uh, you will not believe this. I, I did a poll on Twitter and I tweeted it out to uh, Dynasty Trades and it was retweeted. And uh, I actually lost, uh, I think it was something like 56 to uh, Forty-four percent in favor of the one point oh three. So that just shows how the consensus is on that one as well. Uh, just before we finish up, I want to give you a chance uh, to plug all the stuff, all the great work that you do, Matt, uh, with Player Profiler and so on, Roto Underworld and so on and so forth. But when uh, we were starting before the show, you did mention about how you have a wonderful Irish accent. Uh, you're, you said going back, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years, you, you want to call yourself Irish, and to to promote that, I think you should promote it uh, in your wonderful Irish uh, lingo. Uh, <laughs> you're on the spot now, man. I, my Irish accent. <laughs> no, it's Pop really bad. <laughs> it's a really bad accent. It's, it's awful. I can't oh, wow. do it. It's really bad. There's sign ups uh, to uh, the playerprofiler.com. Yes. charms there. Player profilers, my lucky charm for Dynasty League. I'll let you do it. I actually can do a. I know he's Scottish. I can kind of do a Sean Connery. Here's my Sean Connery. Ryan. 
some things in his boats don't react too well to bullets. <laughs> that's a, that's actually possible. I'll give you that one. Right, it's right, better, it's Ag, yeah. yeah. Irish, uh, I'm, I am Irish, but I can't, I can't do the accent really well, well at all. But can... I can tend you, playerprofiler.com is the place to go for Dynasty. Yeah. It's one of the most popular sites in all of Dynasty League football research because we have all the workout metrics, including some additional metrics like burst score, catch radius, agility score. So when you're looking up players like Dalvin Cook or Corey Davis, or you want to go deeper, Carlos Henderson, check out playerprofiler.com. We not only have the workout metrics, but also college metrics, college dominator, breakout age, college target share for running backs is coming. That's the Duke Johnson metric. Very important metric there for finding your PPR gems later in drafts. And our Dynasty rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings are the best rankings in the biz. That's where you're going to see Kenny Britt way up there, baby. (laughs) And the show, Roto Underworld Radio. So go to iTunes, search for Roto Underworld Radio, and we do a bunch of shows every week. One of them is Dynasty Focused, and you'll love it. Definitely, definitely check out all the work there. And you know, when you're talking about you know the burst scores and so on, a lot of our listeners will listen to a lot of other podcasts too. I listen to a lot of the Rotoviz podcasts and so on, and, and you know even the DLF podcasts. And you'll hear them talking about those different metrics. And sometimes I wonder if people don't know where those metrics come from. They're probably wondering what does that mean. They might know the player's good or whoever's talking about the player is promoting them as being a good player. Uh, you know, an ideal pick to try and get in your leagues this year. But uh, you can get it all at playerprofiler.com, and I would highly recommend going and checking that out obviously as well uh, doug is still here with us and uh, doug's on twitter at dmore nfl always check out all his work there i'm on twitter as well at overtime ireland and then of course matt is on twitter at fantasy underscore mansion so boom <laughs> I thought, so so with all fantasy underscore mansion <laughs> so, so uh that, not needs so work. bad Hopefully, we'll get, we're definitely going to get you on before the start of next season again, and uh, we'll let you work on that off-season to see if you can uh, get that Irish accent perfected as we as we move forward here. But uh, obviously, a lot of fun doing the show. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, as I mentioned, hopefully we'll do it again in, in the coming months. You guys are awesome. Thanks. And with that, obviously, uh, myself and Doug, uh, peace out, and uh, until we're back, stay tuned to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed. We'll either be back next week or two weeks. Let's figure that out on the fly uh, over the weekend, Doug, and until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 